Hello, and welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different cities, are at three different life stages, and have three different perspectives. They are excited to learn and grow alongside of you. This is a space full of love and acceptance, no judgment, because let's face it, we all sleep in our makeup. Please welcome Lauren, Megan, and Kristen. Hey, sisters. Hi. Hey. So happy hey, to hey. see y'all's faces and hear your voices. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Me, too. Me too. I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing yeah. so many cool interviews, which we feel so grateful to just meet new people and learn about all sorts of things. So thank yeah. you to all of our guests and thank you to all of our listeners for listening. And we did want to mention before we get started with today's episode that we are going to take the month of July off from the podcast. We just have a lot going on in our personal lives. The summer is so busy, as you all know. And for example, one of my daughters is out of no school for two weeks. So we're going to take a couple weeks off and really take that time to reflect and make really good content for you guys and just make sure that we are following God's plan for us with this podcast because that really is what it's about. Yeah. And any like feedback or topics that y'all would love to hear, we'd love to hear from you guys too. So email us, message us on our Instagram. Yeah. We love to interact with you guys. So keep talking to us on Instagram and all the other ways to get a hold of us. And we just, we really do this for ourselves, but also for you guys. And so your feedback and input just really means a lot and it helps a lot too. So yes. Yes. Please do that. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Well, today we are going to talk about a little bit more of a serious subject. You know, we don't mind getting real. And Kristen is vulnerable enough to share a story with you guys. So we are going to jump into that. But before we do, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. It is a little bit more of like serious, sensitive topic. So if you have kids in the car or something like that, just as a beware. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely a sensitive subject and it might might be triggering for some people. I don't know, but I'm not going to lie. This is a sh- subject I honestly never thought or planned to share publicly. So I'm feeling <laughs> extremely vulnerable right now. So you'll have to bear with me. I think the biggest thing is the fear of judgment is why I'm so have been so afraid to share this, I guess you could say testimony, but I, I mean, I think Lauren, you said it best. I think when we get things off of our chest, like, or, you know, it kind of is relieving. So yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and share, you know, a part of my story with everyone. So how do I even like start? <laughs> I'm like, gosh. <laughs> well, um, also what sparked it too, is that you listened, you were listening to a church yes. service yesterday about shame. So yes. Yeah, so church yesterday was all about shame and I'm not going to lie. Shame is a huge, huge thing for me. I've, uh, I've had a lot of shame in my life and it started at a very young age. I, when I was four years old, I was molested and you know, that's something that was a huge dark secret for most of my life. It's something I kept hidden and something I was very ashamed of. It, yeah. I don't even know how to say how hard it was because you well, know you it's didn't some- even tell none of us, your parents, your siblings, none of us even knew until yeah you were how yeah, old I had it were you when you told us? So I had a pretty big breakdown when I was about twenty years old, and that's when I finally kind of freaked out and like 
told my mom what what had happened. And, you know, it was actually so relieving because it was like, I had kept this dark secret my whole life, you know, is what it felt like. And it was like, I finally was like letting it go and letting it go. It didn't have to hold, you know, it had such power over me. Right. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting though, is I never felt, I'd never wanted people to think of me like as a victim. Like I hated that. Like I was like, in my mind, I never was a victim actually. Like in my mind, which is crazy, but as a four-year-old, I even felt like responsibility for what happened. And I know that sounds crazy. And even when I finally did seek help, when I turned 20, I'll never forget the therapist looking at me when I told her like what had happened. And she was like, you were four, like you were, this is not your fault. And I was like, I, my, my mental mind knows that, like, I know, like, it wasn't my fault, but even as a four-year-old, like, it's weird how you take on responsibility for things that have happened to you. And yeah. to make to make that make sense, like, I remember even being that age, like, thinking this boy was cute, right? And I was like, oh, he's cute. You know, even as a little four-year-old, I thought, you know, you think boys are cute. Yeah. And this so person, this person was like 13 or 14 at the time, right? I don't need, he might have even been older than that, but yeah, but he was a teenager. Yes. And, you know, in my mind, like thinking back, I'm like, I, he probably was, you know, could have been molested himself, you know, and like, uh, you know, I don't know and I'll never know, but sorry, where was I going? <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. Well, you were just talking about the therapist saying you were four because you felt responsible. And I think if I can just chime in really quick, like I know, I mean, y'all know my story too, but I do know that that feeling, no matter if you're four or 24 or 44, that when something like that happens, that that is such a common emotion that comes from what you went through is we automatically put responsibility on ourselves and we feel like we're to blame and it does not make any logical sense is I think what you were trying to say, (laughs) but it is so common. And I think if we talk to any person out there who's been through something like this, that is like a just go-to reaction of what happens. And unfortunately you carried that with you for, you know, 16 years or whatever. So So I knew I needed help when I realized a pattern in my life. And that pattern was I noticed I was only interested in boys that really weren't interested in me. And the older I got, it turned into boys who were only interested in me sexually. And as soon as a boy or as I got older, a man showed interest in really wanting to get to know me or wanting to seriously date me, I seriously would just run for the hills. And it hit me. And I was like, wait, why am I like this? I was like, this is not normal. And then... One day, it was just so clear as day. And I was, I can't remember, I was either 19 or 20. And I just saw this ripple effect that all went back to that four-year-old little girl. And I realized I just, I didn't respect myself and I didn't value my body. And that little girl was damaged goods who turned into a, a rebellious teenager, or some would say a slut. So how could a boy or a man value or respect me, you know? And That's the moment I broke down and I went straight to my mom and I told her and I told her I needed help because I didn't know how to fix it. It's crazy because I remember mom breaking down with me and she she said she had always felt like something had happened to me when I was younger and she had wished she had said something. But the thing really is that even if she had confronted me about it, I wouldn't have told her because 
honestly, I would have lied because I was, I wasn't ready to tell her. I wasn't ready to tell anyone. And I definitely didn't realize the effect and hold it had on me. So, you know, why would I? And I do want to say that because if you are feeling guilt for a similar situation, I just please ask that you let that go. I ran from people like, you know, a lot of people, if you knew me growing up, like I left high school my sophomore year and went to a private school because I couldn't take it. Like I couldn't be around people and like judgment. And I think for a long time, I just ran from what had happened to me Um, and not even realizing I was, I was running from it, you know, Uh, until I really broke down and I was like, something is wrong with me. I'm, I'm not able to have a normal relationship with a man and I don't know why. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I got older till I realized that. Like Lauren, you can say, like growing up, I didn't understand. Like I was so weirded out that you had boyfriends so young. And like, I was like, how your friends with them? What? Like I just, that concept was so foreign to me. And like that I, I had was, friends that were boys, you mean? That too. But like, yeah. like I didn't understand like why girls dated guys like early. Like I was like, oh, why? Yeah. Like that too. Like I was like, <laughs> why do you, why do you want to hang out with a dude? <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I didn't under, yeah, like having a relationship with a boy other than sexually was foreign to me and I didn't understand it or know how to do it. And that probably sounds so crazy. No, no. (laughs) But it's it's just true. And I just carried, because of that, I've just had so much guilt and shame around it. And so Mm -hmm. when I finally was able to get help and, you know, I'm still working through this. It's not like I have all the answers and, you know, I'm just, great now. And I really hope, and I never felt like a victim and I still don't. So I really, I don't want people like feeling sorry for me. That is not why I'm sharing this. And I just want to say that because the reason I am sharing this is because if there's someone who can relate to me in this and you haven't reached out or gotten help, I literally, it has changed my life. And I think it's the only reason I was able to like the t- speaking of God's timing, like I dealt a lot with a lot of this and then I met my husband and I don't think I would have been able to be where I'm at with my husband today if I hadn't gotten that help. So yeah. I'll never forget that either. Cause you're, you could, you're like, I don't even understand how y'all can marry a man. Like you want to live with a man? <laughs> like yeah. you were, I, which makes sense now, like knowing it's like you just lost trust with men, like so young that like yeah. it was just ingrained in you. You didn't even know why. And so when you did meet Michael and y'all were like best friends and you could, you wanted to spend every waking moment with him, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, she's growing just, up. It makes me cry because like I didn't know, like I just thought something was wrong with me, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and Kristen, I think that you, well, you've said so much good stuff and we all know that like Brene Brown is the queen of the yeah, queen the of shame, shame and, yeah. and vulnerability. But I just think that it, I think that when we're brave enough to go there with our stories, the darkness and all of it and, and being vulnerable enough to share that I think even like we did not plan for this, by the way, for today's episode. And so this was just like a spur of the moment thing that kind yeah. of was sparked by the church service that Kristen, we don't even know. It was, it was just about, heavy was on my heart, but right. Yeah. To share because of yesterday's so, sermon. Yeah. But I think what we discover is just how powerful that this can be not only for others, but for you. I think that 
you're probably going to find another huge weight lifted that you didn't even know that you had, you know? And so I just thank you, sister. Like you're so amazing. (laughs) And so I just look up to you in so many ways. And I know one of Brene Brown's quotes that you totally kind of described in your own words, but she always says that shame derives its power from being unspeakable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of exactly what you just described that happened in in your own life and that we judge people in areas where we're vulnerable to shame. And so I think you totally just described your own version of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, it kind of reminds me too of the forgiveness sermon because he, it's almost like you need to, if you haven't already forgive, even though you have nothing to forgive yourself for because you've held on to that shame and you did blame yourself for so long. I think there is so much power in forgiving yourself because holding on to that pain is like the biggest, I forget what he said, but like holding on to that pain is the single biggest open door for the enemy to yeah. come in. Yeah. I mean, I think the hardest part was, you know, it's like as four-year-old, you know, you could say victim. It's like, I felt like I became a predator. Like I, you know, when you learn something that young, it's like you teach others things that young. And it's so I carried so much guilt from that. I just had to let go of that. Like you said, forgive my, it's crazy because I was never angry at the person who did this with me. I was always more angry with myself, which is so crazy to me, but you're right. Like I've had to, and I think I'm still forgiving myself and I'm still walking through that journey. Uh, It's not easy, (laughs) Um, but gosh, I am such in a different place now. And it's funny, y'all reminded me, I'll never forget because y'all know y'all were saying like, I would never like date a boy because I was just, I didn't know how and I just didn't trust men. And, but it reminds me, there was this guy I, you know, hung out with on and off throughout high school. No, he did not go to Westwood. If people are, I know people from Westwood probably listen to this, but I'll never forget. I graduated high school and I called him and I was like, Hey, I think I actually like want to date you. (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, because I had gotten to a point where I felt like, okay, because, you know, I had gone through some therapy and I like figured out some things and I was like, hey, I think I want to actually like date someone and really give this a real try, you know? And he was like, what? You actually yeah. want to like date? Like you never want to date. What do you mean? And I was like, no, like I, I think I really want to date you. Like, will you date me? And he was like. <laughs> Oh my God, so embarrassing to think about this. And he was just like, uh, he was like, I mean, if we lived in the same place, like, yes, but I'm not going to do long distance. And I was just like, oh, so heartbroken. But I remember too, like, I'm so glad we did it because something I've known since a very young age too, is I've always known that I could only give my heart to one person. And like, I know I didn't value my body or value sex my whole life, but I did value my heart and who I gave that to. And fun fact is Michael, my husband is the only man I've said I love you to other than, of course, my father and my brother. But that's something like, because, you know, that was really hard for me. Like, I always thought like, oh, I was going to wait till marriage. You know, that's something I, but I, I felt so broken my whole life. Like I didn't, it was like, why wait? Like I'm already gross and, you know, don't deserve that. So the fact that I could give my heart to what one person has meant so much to me. And there's nothing wrong with giving your heart to more than one person, by the way. But, you know, yeah. that's something I've cherished because I didn't value, you know, the other stuff. So there, that is one silver lining <laughs> from, yeah. from it. 
But anyway, I don't know. I just thought that story was kind of funny. Yeah, that's cute. And what <laughs> like came up, I was going to ask you earlier, like when you were listening, I don't know if you took notes on the the shame service, but is there anything that kind of struck you, I guess, from the church service, maybe biblically or like that connected you to want to talk about this today? I thought it was interesting and I didn't know this. Apparently God asked Adam and Eve two questions. Did y'all know that? You'll have to tell me if y'all knew this. He asked, where are you? Yeah. And who told you you were naked? Yeah. It was a seamless study. I knew the first part. I didn't see the second question. Why? Who told you you were naked? And they said their own hearts did. And, And I thought that was so interesting. And I was like, oh yeah. Like, We tell our, you know, it's us telling, and that's where the whole judgment thing, my whole life I grew up, all these, everybody was judging me. Everybody was, you know, calling, you know, talking about me behind my back and thinking I was this awful person. And, but it was like, it was me who was doing that. It was me who was Mm -hmm. telling myself that it was my own heart. And I just thought that was so powerful and just like, oh, wow, (laughs) you know, uh, maybe weren't people weren't talking about me as much as I thought they were, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I just had so much judgment for myself and shame that I put on my own heart. Yeah. yeah. And then us two older, our two older sisters, like, I don't know, I feel like mom's like crying tears of joy in heaven right now. And I kind of feel like that too, because it's like, we, we saw you in your heart, you know, and obviously we didn't know this story until much later. Like I was almost 30, I think whenever you shared it with me. So, but like our whole life, whenever we would see you struggle with like what transpired on the outside as like insecurity or, you know, shame or stuff like that. We, I was, it was like, I just wanted to shake you. Yeah. It was maddening. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) be confident. You're amazing. You're valued. Like you deserve the world. Like what? It was like the protective big sister. So I feel like I would even tell her that I would be like, you're literally like, if you could see you the way I see you, like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I think when you're high, like in my, you have to know, like I was hiding this deep, dark, Mm -hmm. gross, you know, like thing. Right. And so I couldn't, I couldn't see myself because I was like, I have this huge lie that I can't tell anybody. So yeah, I, it was really hard for me. You know, it's just hard. Well, it makes sense now. Cause even when I would say things like that to you, you would like almost just be annoyed and mad at me. Yeah. (laughs) And so now I get it. But back then I feel like, why doesn't she listen to me? You know? Yeah. But I just, it hurts me that you did feel like you had to keep it secret when, and that's something to bring up when we have a family that's fully open and like, we're all for sharing and you still felt the need to hide it, you know, yeah, that it's hard. Like imagine families that like don't share anything. Yeah. Well, just uh, the fear of not being accepted. I was so scared of um, not being understood or accepted. So Mm -hmm. the fear of that kept it hidden you know? Yeah. And I think that, gosh, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but it's maddening how common this is, you know? And yeah. Yeah. How many people out there are just living with this and the shame, Kristen, you know, firsthand what it can do and it can expose itself in so many different ways. And I don't know, for me personally, it's just, 
like I've said before, like I do not how know how I would have gotten through my life and still get through my life just without Jesus being my best friend, really, you know? And so yeah. my, I guess my heart aches for people that are living with this trauma and, and shame and judgment and all this stuff that just beat themselves up. And when reality yeah. is that, you know, it's in the past and like, we're all valued, we're all deserving, we're all beautiful as we are. And I don't know, it just hurts my heart that knowing that so many out there are suffering in silence and are so afraid to speak up. And so I don't know, I just think, thank you. That's another thing is like my whole life, I never saw myself. I didn't realize it had affected me. And also I was like, people have had it so much worse than me. Like, shut up, you baby. Like, you know, it's, I think a lot of times when something like this happens, it's like, well, yeah, that happened. But look what that happened to that girl over there. Or look, you know, it's like she had it way worse than I did. So what what gives me the right to even have any kind of, you know, feelings about it when it could have been so much worse, you know? So yeah, it's like you're trying to justify your reasoning, but actually right. every person's story is unique and, and worth right. healing, healing from and dealing with, you know? Yeah. And that's why I do want to share it because I for so long didn't for so many reasons, but that's a big one. Why is like, okay, well, yeah, that happened to you, but it could have been so much worse. So like if something, no matter how small or there's like, we've said it a million times, there's no scale, like stuff happens and no matter what it is, it's worth dealing with and like getting it out, even if it's mm -hmm. to one person or just to a therapist or whatever. The power that just comes from what you're doing, even for yourself is so healing and, and freeing and yeah, if more people, like if your story can, like you said, just help one person to know that one, they're not alone, but also just the power and working through it and, and letting it out there so that you can just fully live, you know, right. your life is, is huge. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. <sighs> Do you feel Do you better? Feel like, yeah, I feel like we should take a big breath. Like, yeah. <sighs> it feels good because I think I was still holding on from like my past, like all the people I felt such judgment by, mm. just like letting that go, you know? And that's, yeah. I think that's one piece of it that I have still held on to. Yeah. You have to forgive them because yeah, it's causing you more pain than them, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. Like they, but the thing is, I don't even, they, they could have not even done anything but in my that's mind that's what I was gonna say is I always yeah. think about that quote that Megan says is like uh they're not even thinking about you or whatever exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so it was could have been just all in my head but I just have held yeah. on to it you know mm -hmm. well and I'm yeah. glad there is more awareness in the world because I think now people might think twice if they see a girl being promiscuous or whatever they might judge her for they are they might take a step back and think like oh wow I wonder what's really going on with her, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's and maybe... what I wanted to say too, like even to like the parents of other kids uh, that like, hey, if you're seeing something like you don't know what's going on in their life and you don't know what they've been through. So before you, you know, pass judgment, you know, really think about that. I, yeah. that I've always wanted to say that because like, just like you said, we just, you just don't know what people are going through or have been through. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think too, as a parent, it's easy 
Well, I think that we all feel like we know our kids best, you know, and we probably do, but they know themselves best. And I think that it's easy to kind of put blinders on sometimes. And I think just, I don't know, to not be naive. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, but it's like, I guess what I'm saying is some parents might be like, oh, I know for sure. Like they would tell me not even just with this topic, but anything. Right. So like sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever. It's like, oh no, we have a total open relationship. Like I know they feel comfortable enough to come to me. And I've seen it with some own, you know, people in my own life where it's like, oops, actually they weren't telling you everything, you know? And so I think just, I'm grateful for having friends that have gone first. Cause it's like, I'm always aware of that. It's like, no matter how close I think I am or um, how safe I think that I make the environment that actually, you know, there might be times that I don't, I don't know. And um, so that's where we pray. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. (laughs) That's where praying comes in and it's never too early to start, to start praying. That's for sure. I actually just guy sitting next to me. So, but he has headphones on, so maybe he won't. (laughs) hear me but I created an email address for him when he was born and um have just I I very well whatever it's just very sporadic of emails like sometimes just once a year but um whenever I feel it on my heart but last week I sat down and just took time and I prayed specifically for his for his future spouse um which probably sounds crazy to most people but I'm like hey it is never too early to start yeah, specifically praying for ev- anything and everything, but especially right now, our children. So, well, yeah. you were the direct reason I started praying for my future husband as a little kid. So, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Because well, I started in like fifth grade. Yeah, so. like well, for y'all. By the way, I said this in my wedding speech. I was like, I will never forget thinking my sister was crazy because she was praying for her husband yeah. like starting at twelve. <laughs> And what I didn't tell her is like, I was like, well, I think I need to do that too. And so I started praying for my future husband. Well, and all credit there goes to our moms had organized. I don't remember who, but somebody had organized this Bible study. And it's funny because I'm still friends with all the girls that were in that study. And we've talked about this, how impactful that study was and this leader, her name was Yvonne. Yvonne, if you're out there somewhere, I would love to meet you and talk to you because you, she had, I think she was a college student at the time and she was so impactful on us and just our outlook on life and all of that. But that was a practice that she actually had us do in that study. And so all credit to her because, um, I prayed, all the time ever since that study in fifth grade. So Chris, so cute. you had lots of prayers being put for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love anyway. it. Well, something else I was going to talk about is I know on like our last sister chat, I brought up how I'm like, are we annoying people with our grief chat? And I, Lauren sent me that quote. We follow this girl who's just awesome, uh, empowered through grief. And yeah, she wrote amazing, this. Isn't way. she so good? Like every yeah. quote she reads, I'm like, whoa, how does she... Yeah, I'm like, how does she know? Friends, can we? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, can we be friends? But I thought I would read it just because. So before I experienced, you know, I've lost grandparents, and I was very, very sad from losing grandparents. But it kind of felt like the natural, almost more natural, because they were a lot older, and then I was so much younger when Paul Paul died. And so I think our mom's death for me and for y'all is just like the most trauma and 
grief that I've ever been through. And I think before this, I was uncomfortable with death. And when people would lose people, I didn't talk about it or ask them about it because I thought maybe they didn't want to talk about it. But I was just going to read this quote because I was like, yes, this is what I was trying to say. (laughs) Um, And she wrote, I used to internalize people's discomfort and make it about me. Maybe I was too much. And I still kind of feel this way. Maybe my grief was too profound, too traumatic, too long lasting. But people's discomfort was never about me. They are uncomfortable with death and they're terrified. And that's where the discomfort comes from. So I just thought I would read that. Yeah. Cause I think, and I don't know that there's an answer. Like I don't think people that have not experienced traumatic grief need to like ask me a lot of questions or even talk about it with me. I think it's me like letting go of that. Some people I'm going to be able to talk to about it and some people I'm not, but mostly I'll, at least I have you guys to talk through it with. And there's been friends brought into my life where I feel comfortable. But honestly, it's still, you know, however months out, like it's all I think about still, you know? So I don't know if that ever goes away. But I just thought I would mention that because I think I need to let go of like feeling bad if I'm like making somebody uncomfortable and just just being myself, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think for this too, it's like – Obviously, listeners, we want to give you what you want to hear. Yeah. And so I think that just adds another layer of like wanting to please, you know? True. And so I think what your question you asked on the pod was like, hey, do you think our listeners are tired of hearing (laughs) us talk about our mom or like sharing our grief? And I totally get that question and I could go there myself too. But yeah, I put it, I put a stop to it because it's like, whoever's supposed to be here is going to be here. And I don't know, I guess I just trust, I just trust the purpose and the big picture. And, um, if somebody is sick of us, then you don't have to stick around. And that's the beauty of it. You know, (laughs) you just just go away and it's not to put it back on them, but kind of, you know, like we're here sharing our stories and, um, we love you guys, but if you aren't, jiving you know like if if we aren't for you right now in this moment that's okay like there's somebody for everybody and we are going to attract whoever we're meant to attract you know so I don't think I think we need to release any pressure there you know yeah and then in our personal life too Megan I think that yeah I think like what you're saying that it just kind of organically happens to where you know friends might go, you know, which is sad or, but the new ones come like it does. The fact of the matter is, is that we're changed. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think we'll ever be the same in a lot of, a lot of ways and that's okay. Yeah. And so I think that what we're learning is that sometimes things and people might not be the same type of relationship as they were before and that's okay. And it's just accepting yeah. What it, what accepting what is, you know? Well, it's funny because I am not a writer. Like, I feel like both of you write out your feelings, but I've started to. And I used to write poems like when I was younger. Kristen, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But I wrote this long thing and I thought about reading it. It's about mom, obviously. But I thought. Yeah when we were talking, I was just thinking, oh, maybe I'll read it and it'll get it off my chest. I don't know. Yeah. 
read it. Yeah, no, I love it. I don't know if it's a poem or what it is. It's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of long. We'll see. <laughs> okay. M- Megan's heart. That's what it is. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So everything has changed. The earth is still moving, but I am frozen. The sky feels like my world now. I look up with laughter <laughs> at the glorious, unreal beauty and can't believe I'm so blessed to feel the heavens now. My heart is shattered, <laughs> yet stronger than before. I see life beyond this world, but still holding on. How could she leave us? How do I get on? Every day, every moment, I'm reminded of her presence, her patience, her fire, her passion, her love, her grace, abundant acceptance. How did she do it all? How did I get so lucky to be her daughter? How do I make her proud? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm Um, crying with you. I'm letting go of what the world thinks and holding tight to Jesus's hands. He is carrying me through. I see now how my constant sin of selfishness, boasting, greed, comparison, ungratefulness, and I hand it over to him. I hear her whisper to me all through the day. Keep going, Megan. (laughs) You can do this. Sorry. (laughs) We're not laughing at you, by the way. No, it's my it's my nervous laugh. Yeah. I didn't I honestly didn't think this was gonna make me cry. I'm so in denial, apparently. Okay. Okay. It's good. Um keep yeah, keep going, Megan. You can do this. I am proud of you more than you know. Don't question, just believe. You are on his path now. Keep your eyes open. Listen more. Slow down. Believe in the word of God. Study it and you will find your way. Sorry, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm crying too. It was that was beautiful. Oh no, god. I think it's. I think you're a good testimony of like even for those that don't enjoy writing or don't think you're a good writer or whatever. Like I think putting your feelings down to paper. It's I don't know. For so, me, that's just like my therapy. Yes. So yeah, I think it's powerful, and that was beautiful. It. It did read like a poem. It, you are a writer. You're a, po- you're a poet. She's always wrote yeah, any, poetry. Yeah. Anytime yeah. I've ever wrote down feelings, which is very rare, um, it always comes out kind of like poetry. It's weird. And I'm always like, sounds like a poem, but I don't I don't know if I know how to write a poem. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. the rules of There's poetry. No, it's whatever. Yeah. There's no rules. Yeah. The rules. <laughs> Screw the rules. <laughs> Well, we're just going out with a bang today. I mean, thanks for the <laughs> sorry heads up, sisters. Yeah, like, I was like, wait, we're just so, gonna have a cry fest. <laughs> I'm just like crying yeah. this entire time. Whoopsies. Hey, listeners, we were just supposed to have like a final quick sister catch up <laughs> and like let y'all know we're taking a month off. But you know what? We're going out with a bang, and we've gone there. Yeah, and I hope that our uh, vulnerability and honesty and all of it, you know, you're just getting all of us. So we hope that you love it. And we hope that you'll, <laughs> we hope that you'll stick around and, and come back in August. And, um, yes. Yeah. We'll play our us. very first episode. We'll play some funny games and laugh yeah, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, time. hopefully we didn't scare you away. <laughs> just yeah, kidding. Yeah. No, I'm just so grateful, no. Kristen, for your vulnerability. Like I'm really proud of you for telling this well, story. Right back at you. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. I'm proud of both of y'all. Yeah. Y'all are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Sisters are the best. 
<laughs> so our brothers are brothers are the best too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Totally. Well, all right. Do we have anything else? I guess that's it. <laughs> Lauren, you want to pray? Sure. Woo. Wipe in the tears. <laughs> um, Oops. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. And thank you for leading Kristen to share a piece of her story. And, and we just pray that it's for your glory and that it helps somebody out there. And I just pray for Kristen's heart that she continues to be able to fully forgive in all areas that need forgiveness and, and release that shame to you in order to fully live your plan for her Lord. And I also pray for anybody listening that they are able to do the same and just for complete healing and, um, and love, like you are love and, and we're deserving of that every single one of us. And so I pray that our listeners seek it and fully receive it from you. And I pray for, um, just all of our healing hearts. Thank you, Megan, for sharing your words and being vulnerable in that way as well, too. And we just pray for everybody's summer that everyone stays healthy and safe. And um, Lord, just continue to hold our hands through each and every day and continue for us to have just a big picture every day and to really live our lives with the end in mind and just to have that perspective on other people that we see other people through your eyes that we um we we respond to situations and not react and that we respond in a way that just represents you and who you are and help us to love everybody that we encounter and help us to just be the best women and moms and sisters and people that we can be um thank you jesus we love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Yay. Well, should we try to tell a quick joke? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Have a fantastic 4th of July and summer. Yay, yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Love we love y'all. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another week of Girl I Slept in My Makeup. If you like us, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more about us or get in touch with us, go to our website, girlisleptinmymakeup.com, where you'll also find links to our Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it and yeah, make it a great week. God bless.